Hey folks, happy Wednesday. Today is Tuesday, October the 9th. Oh my gosh, again, it's Wednesday. Jeez, Wednesday, October the 19th. Oh boy, I hope you're all doing well and you had a great day. I'm just coming by for a couple of minutes because um, there's, a co- there's a few big, big things that we should be looking at and keeping a tab on. Uh, of course, that includes inflation because as some of you may know, uh, in, in Canada, inflation has come down slightly. And while it's not a very big drop, uh, you know, what we shouldn't be looking at it as, don't don't look at this uh, this drop in inflation as if like things are going to deflate in, in value. Look at it as more like a disinflation aspect because what that basically means is you do have inflation, you do have prices st- still going up, but prices are going up at a slower pace. That's basically all that means for you. Now, food prices are increasing. And I, I would say, like, in general, from my experience, gas prices have actually gone down. And that's a pleasant and a welcome change. Now, as far as the, the food prices going up, there's a couple of reasons why that is happening, right? And, and for this is where the political and global macroeconomy comes in. Because what you have to understand is food is grown and, and then it's processed and then it's packaged and then it's shipped and then you buy it and then you cook it and then you eat it. So when it's grown, there's a large amount of capital investment that goes into that, including you know machinery, which, which uses gas. Then you have chemicals and pesticides and, and fertilizers that all go into this whole process of growing the food. And what has happened is in this whole chaos that's happening out in Russia and Ukraine, what we have failed to recognize is that Russia is actually a huge producer of potash. So potash is a chemical that goes into fertilizer. And that is required to help grow more fruits and vegetables across the world. And actually, the potash that comes from Russia is a huge, huge, um, it's, it's a big export by the country, and they do a really good job at making that. So what's happened is the price of that has actually gone up. Now, along with that, when the gas prices have increased, the cost of shipping has gone up because oil is more expensive. It has basically caused your input costs to generally go up, Right. And when a business like a food processor or a grocery chain end up buying the product, when they're paying more, they would have to compensate for that increase in cost by increasing the cost that they, the price that they sell it at. And so that's where you, the customer, at the very end of the day, are seeing a higher price on the price tag and on your bills when you check out. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Now, you can look at it as, as you know, there's a lot of global economic factors that that play into this. And unfortunately, there's very little that we can control. But of course, to solve this big, big problem that we have, we have to come to recognize a few things. And I was going to come to this probably earlier, and I had a plan to actually discuss this on the podcast. Uh, but it was recommended to me by someone to watch this this really good documentary called uh the the putin interviews that's what it's called 
Uh, it's, it is by Oliver Stone. And I would highly recommend that if you at all, you know, are into politics or if you're into just curious to know about world history, uh, if you're cu curious about a place like Russia, uh, Ukraine, all these like, um, I guess, Soviet era countries, this is a really good documentary to watch. And I feel like you will learn a lot when you watch it and you will come out having gained a different um, different perspective on what we really think about that country. And, and you know, whether that's a good change or a bad change, ultimately, that's up to you. But I just wanted to share that, you know, that I had learned that. And what I've come to understand is there's a bit of a... Uh, I'd say like a cycle of, of misinformation that goes around on the news. And that's really important to acknowledge because that impacts our global perspective. You know, when we have a certain opinion or a view of the world, we have to acknowledge that there are multiple filters that are playing into why we think the way we think. And whether you're on social media, whether you are watching the news, whether you're listening to podcasts or like late night shows or, or comedy shows, whatever it is, you are looking at it from a perspective of one person. And when you look at, you know, news regarding inflation or housing prices or, or any of these things, we have to acknowledge the fact that doom news sells like crazy, like, like hotcakes, okay? That's just a cold hard fact. People love to hear negative news and it's a very addicting thing. So what I was going to say is, is to really understand where this inflation is coming from and to really understand what the root cause of all this is, you, you, you really have to go back to a time, you know, when, when central banks were formed. You have to go back to a time like 1971, perhaps, when gold was not exchangeable for the dollar and, and the dollar for the gold. You know, these are all factors that we are facing consequences for, but if we're going to try and fix them at the surface level by adjusting interest rates or by, by uh, controlling how much money is out there in the market, then that's not really going to solve the issue. It is only going to make things worse. So that's where, you know, when, you, when I listen to uh, macroeconomic experts, what I learn is that this is a problem that we've been having for a very, very long time, okay? The problem of inflation really got ex exacerbated once we stopped pegging the dollar to gold. Because, see, when back in the day, okay, just to give you a very, very brief, quick overview, you could go and exchange $20 for an ounce of gold and vice versa. And if you go to a, a different country, you could walk in with that same one ounce of gold and get their local currency. Yes, they had different exchange rates, but, but ultimately the, the one, one ounce of gold was the one ounce of gold. And once they changed the exchange rate, so I believe it went from 20 to 35 at, at one point is, is uh, during uh, the time of Nixon or slightly before that, is they, they changed the price because they had to make more supply of dollar because of the war and whatnot. And that was somewhat of an inflationary pressure that was put on money and things became more expensive. But then what happened in 1971 is they said, you know what, we're not going to be pegging the dollar to gold anymore. And 
and um, Richard Nixon, August 15, 1971, came on the screen and he said, hey guys, this is just a temporary thing. We're not going to be doing it forever. It's just for the short term um, because there's a lot of de demand for the gold and the dollar. So we're not going to you know, exchange it. But yes, we will keep giving out the dollar. We will not give out any more gold, but we will give out the dollar. <laughs> so basically, you know, at, at that point, it was free reign. It was, it was like, guys, there is no limit to how much dollar we can print. And that one event, that one event has shaped the future of humanity all the way till this very day. And if you are out there buying something right now, at this very moment, as you listen to this podcast, you are facing the repercussions of that decision that Nixon had made back in 1971. Inflation is simply the fact that the dollar is getting weaker because there's more and more supply on the market. I understand that this can be somewhat of a hard concept to understand, but if we go back to the time when the dollar was a solid currency ex exchangeable for gold, you can think of it as if like, you know, if you, you were to go and buy a good or a service for, let's say, here, let me give you a very simple example. Yesterday, you went and bought a, a coconut for $1. Today, you go in and you require more currency for the same coconut. You may have to pay $1.25. Right? Has your earning earning potential changed? No, you're still earning the same amount of money. Has your buying power changed? Oh, absolutely. You have lost 25% of your buying power. Right? So you have to essentially work 25% harder to make up for that, that extra extra money. And ultimately what you have to come to realize is there is a a drainage of wealth and money from your bank that is happening because of inflation. And I do not like the whole aspect of, of inflation either. I, honestly, I would love for, for currencies to just remain stable and strong forever and ever, but we have to understand that this is the world we live in. Inflation is here to stay. There, once you, once you depeg a currency from a solid hard asset, there's no going back. Now, yes, there is talk, there is discussion in the in the macrosphere about how there's a potential potential that countries like Russia, China, India um, can can very cleverly and smartly problem solve around this and say we want to peg our currencies and make it exchangeable for a certain asset, whether it be land whether it be some other metal, whether it be any, any other like natural resource, because they are getting the short end of, of the stick when it comes to getting dominated by the dollar. Because you have to understand that once you... So there's, there's three big, big things that happened that have led to where we are right now. One, as I mentioned, is 1971, August 15th, depegging the dollar from gold. That's the first one. The second is when the dollar was made the reserve currency at Bretton Woods back in, I believe, 1944 is when that happened. So what that meant is that all trade around the world would be done with all resources, everything denominated in dollars and using dollars as, 
as a medium of trade. So that's the other thing. Now, the third factor that that came into play uh, was uh, when, sorry, so that happened, that happened. The, the Federal Reserve was another another big, big thing that, that played into all, all of this um, because, oh, oh, sorry. The third major concern was when they they adjusted their reserve requirements at local banks. So for those of you who, again, do not know, this is a very quick, short, brief intro into what fractional reserve banking is. Okay, so fractional reserve banking is when you go to a bank and and you, let's say, deposit $100 into your checking account, the bank now has a fractional or or a reserve requirement so it could be 80% it could be 90% could or it could be like less than that it could be like 10% it could be anything right banks decide what that reserve requirement is and so if let's say they have a reserve re- requirement of 10% what ends up happening is they keep $10 of the amount that you you deposited of the 100 and the rest of the 90 they will loan it out they will loan it out because they want to put their money to work. And that plus having an interest rate will basically make sure that they get their money back along with the principal and their value of, of money basically goes up or or the banks get wealthier. Whether it be your, your neighborhood bank, whether it be like a central bank, they all have the same essence of how they operate. They have reserves, they, they make they make loans, they have interest rates and they get their money back. So that's why, you know, when you look at a credit card, they have a very, very high interest rate. It is because the level of risk is far higher. When the further you get to us, uh, or I mean, the closer you get to a central bank, the more, um, the lesser the risk, right? Because when you have a central bank who is giving their money to a commercial bank, like a CIBC or, or a TD or a BMO, that risk is far lower. And so the interest rates that they charge are significantly lower than what you would pay on a, on a credit card. And of course, when you have a consumer who is working like a nine to five job, who is barely making ends meet, the chance of default is far, far higher. And so that's why the interest rates are far higher for the, the average Joe and Jane consumer. And that's you and I. We're the average consumer. And what I want to leave this this podcast with is a very simple message, right? There's a lot that we don't know. There's a lot that we are uninformed about. This world is a crazy place that we do not learn about in in schools, period. We, we don't learn about money. We don't learn about investing. We don't learn about resources, natural resources. We, we don't learn about commodities. What do we learn? We learn freaking geography. We learn freaking biology. We learn sciences. We learn math. We don't learn how to apply math. We, we don't learn accounting. We don't learn, you know, uh, taxes. We don't learn, you know, the political system. We don't learn any other shit. And we're expected to learn it on our own once we get into the world when we are essentially targets for the companies out there that want to take our 
our hard-earned money. And I want this podcast, whether now and forever, to be a source of, of empowerment for you because I want this to be the place where you come. You come, you listen, you spend your time, you, you, you spend your energy and, and your resources to listen to me because ultimately I want to help show you a different way to live. There's a greater, there's a greater possibility out there for you and I want to show you that. And it comes with learning about all these things. It, it comes with empowering yourself with the right knowledge and the right tools to be able to, to play in the world we live in. Because you know what? If you knew what this was all about, there's a very strong chance you would have been fearful and, and you would have gone and hidden in your room under the bed and said, I'm not going to partake in any of this shit. But it takes courage. It takes courage. And that is within you. The courage is within you to get up and say, hey, no matter what's going on outside, I will take back control of my own goddamn life and I will not let someone else dictate it. No bank, no insurance provider, no mortgage broker, no one, no agent, nothing. No one can tell me how to live my life or what happens to my money because I'm the one who, who will decide what I do with my money, my energy, and my resources. Because you know what? When you go out there and, and you earn your hard-earned dollar, you have every single fucking right to do what you want with that money. And nothing angers me more than when I see good, hard-working people out there working their balls off, roughing it out in the field, in the industry, in the market, and they come home and they pay a tax of 20, 30, 40% for nothing. Think about that. I leave you with that thought, okay? When you go out and you buy your groceries, you are not paying $10 for, for a burger. You are paying $14 for the burger because you know what? That is post-tax dollars. And so there are ways around how you can continue the way you're working but still make money and remember the tax that you pay on your employment income is paid before you get your paycheck. So the government has their hand in your pocket before you even get a single dime. Do you want that level of control being given to the government? Do you want that amount of control being given to the, the people that rule over us, whether they're good people or bad people? Right? It doesn't matter. It is a subjective thing. Do you want that kind of power being given to someone else but you? Imagine, imagine you collecting 100% of your income. Imagine what you could access. Imagine what you could buy. Imagine the kind of life you could live if you had access to that 100% of income. And I'll tell you what. I used to live in the Middle East. I, I used to live in the UAE where they have, they had zero taxes, zero taxes. And, and even now they have zero taxes. And, and I tell you what, there is wealth there. There is wealth there. People are free there. They're freer than you can imagine. They have so much money and they can do so much with that, with that money. And that's a big reason why you have to come to understand and come to terms that those countries that have those resources and the natural resources, resources like oil, like natural gas, exploit it by shipping them out to others, making their boatloads of money and taking care of all the infrastructure because that's what the government there does. 
And it's an absolutely admirable thing that they are doing because they are creating a generation of people who are absolutely wealthy from, from the lowest level cleaner in a building to, to the highest level executive. Everyone there is making 100% of, of the effort that they're putting in and they're making that money, taking it, buying assets, building wealth. You know, they're buying homes, they're buying trucks, they're buying rickshaws, they're buying taxis, they're buying all these things with that money to create that level of generational wealth. When you come to a place like North America, where your taxes are essentially killing you and robbing you dry of, of, of your own, like 30% of your hard-earned income, 40% of your hard-earned income, where's that going? Question yourself, where is that money going? Do you know? Because I don't know where it's going. I, I ask myself that every single day. I pay taxes, like, where's that money going? What am I getting out of it, right? Where is that money going? Do you know? Because I don't know. So I'm on a path where I'm looking at ways in which I cannot pay a single dime of tax. Yes, I'm happy to uh, contribute to a greater cause. Yes, I'm willing to donate to you know things that matter to me. But giving up that much money is not worth it because you know what? If you are working a nine to five job and you're working 60 hours a week, 50 or you know 48 weeks in, in a year take one third of that what does that leave you with three months three and a half months that is how long you are working for the government that is how long whether you like to think of it as as that or not it it doesn't bother me because that's a cold hard fact is that you are working for the government for multiple multiple months in the year and once you add up your expenses of transit, taxes, food, leisure, recreation, staying at, you know, a residence, it begins to dawn on you that you are getting absolutely ripped off and fucked in more ways than you can imagine. So that's what I'm here to do, is to enlighten you, to wake you up to the potential that you have to be making so much more money, building wealth, over generations and generations and generations. And if I can help you in any possible way, you, you know where to reach me. I'm more than happy to share the podcasts, the YouTube, the books that I read, the places I go to to gain this knowledge. I am more than willing to share that with you. Just reach out. There is no embarrassment. We, we all came from nothing. We all came from a place of ignorance. But you know what? There is so much out there that... There's so much out there that, you know what, it is, it is truly humbling and enlightening to be, be able to share this with you because I genuinely believe that what I've learned has, has rattled me inside, but it's also given me a very positive outlook to know that the more we share these ideas, the more we acknowledge that now we know what the world around us is like, the sooner we can take control back of our own lives and become the infinite potential human beings that we are meant to be. So again, if you have any questions, reach out to me. If you want to know what I watch, reach out to me. If you want to know what books I read or listen to, reach out to me. And of course, I, if, if this podcast was of value to you, please, I would love it. And I would really appreciate it if I could get, you know, a five-star review, whatever you feel. One star, two star, three star it's totally up to you. Just be honest. Just, just tell me what, what you liked and didn't like about it. That's all I ask for.
drop me a one-liner on like Facebook or LinkedIn or anywhere on social. Just tell me, what did you think of it? Because I want to improve. I want to get better. And I want to be of service and value to you. I bring what I already know. But I don't know everything. And if I don't know what I don't know, then I don't know what to improve upon. So with that, I wish you all a fantastic hump day, Wednesday evening. Go out there, you know, enjoy a nice glass of wine, sit down, crack open your laptop, look into macroeconomics, <laughs> look into politics. You're going to go and look up potash, you're going to look up Russia, and you're going to look up why is the cost of food so high. You're going to learn all these things, and you're going to see that there's so much out there that you don't know about. And then you're going to learn, and you're going to be like, oh my God, I love this stuff. And then you'll come back, hopefully one day, and be like, Sam, thank you. Thank you for opening my eyes to what is out there. Thank you, because now I'm living a fuller, happier, better, more prosperous life. Have a lovely evening, folks. Thank you all for tuning in, and I wish you all a fantastic evening. Love you guys. Bye.